0: Hello and welcome to Cowgirl Artists of America's podcast, a podcast dedicated to cowgirl artists. I'm CAA's founder and your host Megan Wimberly. In today's episode we'll be talking to artist Koala Evans about Instagram, consistency, and what it's like to be a working artist. I hope that you find this episode encouraging and inspiring as you pursue your own artistic career. Make sure to check out the show notes for all of the links from today's episode, and don't forget that Calgirl Artists of America is soon opening to official membership. Make sure to go to org and sign up for a newsletter so you can stay up to date on all of the exciting news and announcements coming. Hi, I'm Koala Evans. And you're, you're Megan? Megan. Me? Megan okay. yes. Fantastic space. I love it.
1: Thank you. i have been three. there? Since two. Th- I bought the building in 2014, the summer of 2014. So, but it's only been acting as my studio for right when the pandemic hit. So I had a gallery in here. It was, this space was acting as a massage studio, um, artisan gifts. And I was promoting other people's work and not mine, (laughs) hardly at all. I mean, I was promoting it, but separate. I was trying to keep the gallery and my stuff separate. And it's a lot. Um, so since the pandemic hit, it's just been evolving more and more into my studio. And last January through March is when I really started claiming it as my space.
0: That's cool. And so it, why do you think you didn't promote your work at first with everyone else's? I, well, I would kind of
1: sprinkle it or I'd hide it in the back or whatever. I, I don't know. I think I had it in my head that, oh, I need to focus on these other artists and I need to do this. Um And I'm sure I probably thought, oh, I'm not good enough or it doesn't show well. And eventually I did start mixing it in there because there's there's photos uh, that have been taken over time where, you know, I'll have a portrait or I'll have this or whatever in there. But, um, you know, if I did have a show, I would only focus on those artists.
0: Where are you located?
1: I'm in Roundup, Montana.
0: Okay, and that's where the studio is. Mm -hmm. And do you live in the same town? I do. I live one block away. So I walk oh, to work. That my is life, nice. It
1: is. It's uh, my life exists in a one block radius. And then on the weekends, an eight mile radius. And that's Oh
0: about my it. gosh,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, that is. would be nice to have a studio space, not in the house, but like that close.
1: Mm-hmm. It, I, it, it is nice. Uh, for a time I, for a long time, I was in the house. I started off like at the end of our kitchen table. Eventually I I got to move in here the spring of 2018. So anyway, it's been lots of layers into going full time. Lots of layers.
0: Yeah, for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about just your, if you were to talk about yourself, but trying not to talk about art, how would you introduce yourself? (laughs) A heavy hitter already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so oh, I do. I do say this. Usually, my name dictates it begins the conversation because people are like, "What about your name?" I was named after my grandmother. I grew up in Texas, uh, right outside of Dallas, in a small little community. And I mean, small in comparison to here. It's actually really large, about twenty-three thousand people. But anyway, I grew up in Texas. Spent a lot of years in Dallas. And um, and then I I lived in Florida for almost seven years before I moved to Montana, and I've been here about sixteen years. Where did you meet your husband? I met him when I was visiting my grandmother in Billings.
0: And how long have y'all been married?
1: Sixteen years. It, it's incredible. We just got to show together. When we were first married, I worked with him, so I learned his his craft.
0: Oh, nice. Right? Um. So, how did you get started in art making? By chance. Um, First, I'd like to say
1: I always wanted to be an artist my whole life. And only in this part of my life have I really made the decision to do it. Um, But by chance, I we were living here. I was living here in Montana and I was working with my husband. So it's a shared income from one business. And so I didn't I used to travel a lot for my old work and and so I wasn't doing much traveling. I wasn't doing much visiting home. And this is, a, this is a little like deeper, probably than what you're wondering about. But I do believe all things work. Like when your heart wants something, then all the world conspires to make it happen. So I feel like this is the start of that. And I've always been pretty independent. Um, so I don't ask for a lot of things. I've always been like really capable, have always had a job since I was like 12 years old, you know, have always been able to, to do things for myself. And so my mom said, I want to get you a plane ticket home. And I hadn't been home in quite a few years. And so she said, I want to get you a plane ticket. And I was like, well, oh, really? Awesome. And then I, she said, you just pick the ticket you want and you'll come home. I said, okay. And so then I noticed there was a layover for Colorado. And my cousin lives in Alamosa. She, at the time she lived in Alamosa and we were like, I don't have a sister. So she's the closest thing I always ever had to a sister. And and I was like, oh my gosh, um, mom. And I had to work up big courage to say, mom, I'd really like a layover in Colorado to see Kayle. And, oh, it was, it was humbling. It was a little humiliating to like ask for this thing. And so this was in 2008 and, um, She's like, of course you can. I'll be delighted to do that for you. And I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so we did. She came to pick me up, and she had this ta- um, art teacher in her town. Al- Alamosa is a small community, also in Colorado. And um, and anyway, so Connie Grant is an artist in her community, and she did like a little like still life, an apple and a knife, and you know, like a cut piece. And so that was my first experience um in painting but I had been thinking about painting and wanting to paint I got some paints and if I showed you the work I was making compared to what I'm making now you'd be like what like you thank goodness you got some classes you know (laughs) so and it it took it took years of like building momentum and and even when I had all the time in the world to paint because it was during the there was a big financial situation in the whole country you know I had a lot of hours to paint and I didn't use it. I just didn't think I could. So I started a massage business instead.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting how even if we know that being an artist is a real career, like a real job and we take it seriously, I think that until you're experiencing a lot of success, it feels very like the not safe choice. And I don't know if it feels that way to everyone, but it's like that's not the that's not the choice that I should choose and pursue. Like I, you know, it's like with this, like I I should do massage, you know, or I should do this, or this opportunity came up and I should do it. Jumping out with doing art it takes a lot of bravery. Definitely, you have to know where you are in the market and make good choices. You know, if you're just starting, it's probably not the right time for you to jump in as you know, a working artist, but. I think it really does take. It is a leap of faith because you just—it's probably one of the most unpredictable things. I agree,
1: and I think that's why I started the massage business. But I don't. For there was a time where I regretted that I didn't spend the time painting and like really trying to learn and dig in. But it's all a part of the path. Like it's all a part Mm -hmm. of that journey, and um, and I got to know people in this community in a way that I would never get to know them. You know, I would get to, I got to know people I would never ever know otherwise. And what wonderful people I love, I love my t- town. And I I wouldn't, like it takes all the ingredients. Like when you cook, it takes all the ingredients to make something really special. It took, my husband is incredibly supportive of my work. And has always encouraged me even when I didn't think that I could or should or whatever. And then living in such a small community where it's a, it's a quiet community, you know, we're 50 miles away from a city. So people live here and they commute or whatever. Um, and it gives you, there's not a lot to do. There is, if you want to volunteer, which I did, but um, it gives me time and space to, to create. And if I lived in a bigger area, I would be too distracted. I'd be like, oh, I want to go here, there. And so it takes, it takes it all, I think, to make a career.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think a lot of times too, newer artists also, I think, and I know I experienced this, even not being like a new artist, but when I first like started, because I used to do really like more realistic, like pencil drawings is what I used to do. And it was very scary to step out of comfort zone. And when I started towards what eventually became what I'm painting now, um, this idea of needing to have things perfect right away and like, I look back at some of the stuff when I first started making this and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not my best work. Like, it's kind of interesting to look at. Some of it's kind of cool, but it's like, I would not just, like, I would not sell that today. Like if I painted that specific thing, the people who got them still love them. But the thing that I find so fascinating about it is I look back and if I skipped that step, I would have never got to where I am. And so like, just like trusting that journey of, this is where I am and do and doing the work to get to where you want to be. And sometimes that takes you somewhere you don't even expect really. I agree. I agree. So how has your approach and style changed? That was actually my next question and we're talking about it. So it's perfect. But since you, so I have to tell you, I scrolled all the way back to your very first Instagram post today, which was from January 28th, 2013. Mostly I wanted to see like how, how your Instagram has changed and also how your art has changed over, you know, that time. Um, I was really fascinated by the fact that even at the beginning, I think your images had this like, man, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it is, but it's like this soft quality. And even on the images that are cooler, they still feel kind of warm. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but your whole Instagram really kind of Even way back, whenever the images are not the same, there's something about, I don't know if you were using a filter or something, but they're all very cohesive. But how has that changed for you, like your art? How has it progressed from when you first started to where you are? Hmm. Good
1: question. Um, I would say as far as, I would say I'm finding my voice, like what feels most true to me um, with the Western with the Western aesthetic in my environment Um, living in a small town and it's largely agricultural. It's like, there's coal, ag, there's lots of artists here and coal ag and, and other natural resources um, such as, you know, like they've got the oil fields not far from here, um, which are not in production right now that I'm aware of, but however, so my work, my work is informed by those things and history. It's becoming informed by history. So I, I would say that's how it has evolved. That I'm just finding my voice in that, which makes sense to me. Like I don't want to paint something just to paint it because I live here. Like I want to, I want to tell a story about it. So I'm learning how to tell that story. But as far as aesthetic, um, I would say that I'm not painting with quite as much heavy texture. When I began taking workshops, my intent was to learn how to compose a piece like to get to the next level to not have the I didn't want to feel like an amateur like I have big goals and dreams and so I really wanted to learn you know what it was like to create every single day you know because I used to just pass by the easel be like oh I'll just put a little swipe of color there like what is that you know (laughs) what is what is is that and Sorry, I'm not trying to arrive at a long answer. I'm really, I'm thinking of it in the back of my head as I'm, as I'm telling you these things, but this is, this is part of my process. You know, I would walk by this easel and just like give it a little swipe and be like, oh, you have to be inspired. Well, that's, that's BS. I mean, you do have to be inspired to create the thing you're going to create, but you also have to show up every day. And when I decided that I wanted to really know what it was like to be an artist and go to New York and, and do those things, Um, the thing that I got did to get to New York was to do 50 paintings in 50 days and sell them on social media. Cause I, I couldn't, I just bought this building and I couldn't afford to go to New York and, um, and the, the opportunity came through a trusted source. So I thought, oh, this is the thing. And so, How it how it has changed and what has changed is learning better drawing skills, learning values and shapes and how shapes work in relationship to one another and what that actually means. And um in the past year and a half I've really been thinking about composition because I used to think, oh, only portrait. I was really like interested in portrait. So if you look back, as you mentioned through the Instagram, you'll see like almost everything was singular. There was always a single image. There was always Almost always a portrait. There was hardly ever a grouping of anything, um, and now I'm starting to expand. So, in in the since 2015, I've been largely focused on my skill set, and and I learned how to paint alla prima. I learned how to paint still life, so I learned how to go paint plein air, and that approach is different than a studio practice. So now I use the plein air approach to train my eye. Cause you know, have you ever painted plein air only once? That's quite challenging. It is, but it's in, I, I feel like it's super important because when you, even if you're not painting, like just to be outside and studying, you know, what is that shadow? Mm-hmm. Where are those lines? What, you know, like understanding about the light source. Like if it's warm, it's going to cast a cool shadow. It took me, I'm a slow learner. It took me forever to be like, Oh, well, of course that makes sense. You know, I would paint something. And my friend Joe would be like, where's your light source coming from koala? And I'm like, Oh, I don't, you know, here, and here. And you know, I was just, I was just experimenting with everything. Um, I don't know that that exactly answers your question, but I would say I've just been fine tuning it over time. Now I love, like back then I would do heavy and thick paint and then I would want to put a glaze over it, not fully understanding what it was. So it was super intuitive. Now my work is more intentional. Um, I feel like it's better thought out. Um, I'm still glazing. I love lots of layers. Um, And to comment on what you said about the aesthetic, like you were seeing the cool and the warm. So in my very first career that I ever had, Um, I was a hair colorist. And that was what I was always striving for was muted warmth. Mm. And that's what I strive for with my work.
0: That is what it is. It's a muted warmth. Yeah. That's so interesting.
1: So I, and I think in my own personal aesthetic, that that is what I strive for as well. You know, like if I have something that's kind of like, like here I'm like, well, what can I wear? You know, like I've got, I just got these new earrings from a little boutique here in town. Um, and she's wonderful. And so I got these, I'm like, wow, they're really red and should I wear a neck scarf? I'm like, no, I think it competes, you know? So it's like the design component, but also like just making sure I'm managing my color palette pretty well.
0: Yeah. And that, Oh, sorry. No, no. That's something I noticed. I was going to ask you this later actually, but, um, I noticed on your Instagram, something that makes it really cohesive is for sure that you've got the muted warmth throughout. Um, Also, though, even the way that you dress goes along with how you are, um, how your Instagram is going to look. Is that, and that's something that you're doing conscientiously?
1: I am. um, You're you're such a great observer. (laughs) Wonderful. I... Because I'm getting in front of the camera more, I realize the importance of getting in front of the camera. And so I think what is going to look best with my work? Because I don't want people to be distracted with whatever I have on. I want it, I want it to complement my work. So I want them to look at me
0: last. So what, switched, what got you to switch from the portraiture to the western, more Western-looking stuff?
1: you know, what really started it. I'll tell you, we have not me, but my, my, um, my husband's family has, they have a place, they have a small place and they lease pasture to cows and all of the, the young people in the family live away. And I thought, how, what, how can I connect them to this place? Um, so that happened. I was listening to the mountain and prairie podcast. I don't know if you listened to Mm -hmm. it at all. But that really inspired me. I listened to it because Mark Majori was interviewed. And then I thought, wow, I really like this. And so all these pieces came together. And then, but the, the the catalyst for it was when Brazil caught on fire. And our nephew asked a question. And I thought, I thought this is really important. I need to learn more about the land. I need to learn. I need to learn what's going on. This is my environment. What do I actually know? What can I do that honors honors so many of my friends who raise cattle and and I also understand I know coal is controversial but I'm fascinated with like learning what their life is like underground they for better or for worse they have an important job you know for better or for worse everybody has this important job everybody has this life that they are providing for their families that they are contributing back to their communities and so that's what I started painting I thought I care about them. I want to learn more about them, and so um, I paint what I want to learn about. I I'm paint. I'm, I'm paint um, also to to share the stories of things that I'm thinking of. So,
0: cool. Do you um, when you title your pieces? Do they give a glimpse of the story you're trying to tell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank
1: you especially my last series, it's a small little study series, the, where I'm, I had this blanket and a, a white hat, oh, mm-hmm. um, this uh, speak no evil, hear no evil, um, see no evil. And it sounds, I, I hate even saying the word evil, but it's really relevant. And, and, um, lately I've been thinking about what it is that we actually say to ourselves, you know, like mm-hmm. what we love our ear how those things that we think reflect the rest of our life mm-hmm. and so i've really been thinking what what does evil really look like you know what does that actually mean and i i believe um you look you f- you find what you look for you know you, what you what you seek you'll find whether it's good or bad And I do think that it starts with ourselves.
0: Um, It's so interesting that you say that because I'm going to, I think it's actually pulled up on my phone still because I was looking at it. Do you know know who Brene Brown is? Mm -hmm. Um, So she had posted something and it was actually about multitasking, but she said your attention can be like a flashlight where you point it, it becomes brighter, highlighted, more salient. And that was the first thing that I thought of is not about multitasking, but about where our attention goes. um, Because... something I really struggle with. So I live inside of a national park. um, And it's pretty incredible. Um, But it's such a beautiful space. But there are literally millions of visitors that come in every year. And of course, we want people to enjoy the space. But visitors can be very frustrating because they don't follow the rules and they do things. They'll just totally ignore signs and it destroys meadows and harms bears and all this stuff. And so when I go for a walk, there's always this struggle of like the beauty that's around me with like people doing just ridiculous things and not everyone, you know, obviously, but, um, I find myself getting really angry a lot of times and that's not what I want. And so that's what it made me think of was, you know, where I'm focusing my attention. That's where, and it reminds me of your, your series that you're doing, you know, because what we're letting in and what we're focusing on is going to, influence our inner state of being. So it's just so funny that you said that, right? Like literally it was what was on my phone.
1: (laughs) Fascinating. I love it when that
0: happens. Yeah. It's
1: a difficult thing. Um, I'm an emotional person. I can be incredibly emotional and, Mm -hmm. um, and my thoughts do drive my reactions and my responses. And, you know, I want to, be a better person you know I'm always wanting to be a better person I want to be a better artist and and I think getting to paint makes me a better person because I'm really just been thinking like what are my goals and what are my dreams and how does this affect my personal life and so like earlier when you asked the question how do I introduce myself without talking about the art I'm like I don't I don't know that I do I don't know that I can because i worked so hard to get it that um, it's it's ingrained, like it's so much a part of who I am that I don't
0: uh-huh.
1: that, and I don't know that I separate that at all.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna kind of switch gears and start talking specifically about Instagram, which the reason I reached out to you is because I've been, you know, I follow you on the Cowgirl Artists of America account and um, always really enjoy seeing what you post and just the consistency of it. I think is really something that's hard to do, especially as an artist, I think because we can be so uh, interested in so many different things, or there's so much going on and finding that balance of posting and making it engaging, interesting and cohesive can be really, really challenging. Um, So I was really impressed with that. And then also the reels that you have been posting, I thought were just really good. So um, yeah, you're welcome. Well, first of all, when did you start recognizing Instagram as a serious platform for marketing?
1: There's layers to that. I first began posting when I went to New York in 2015 so I thought I need to do this. And I think I must've teetered back and forth. I didn't fully understand how powerful it was. So I regret that I didn't just like hit it harder, but Facebook was at a time where that's where I was getting all the support and I didn't fully understand like, so Facebook to me is more like, it, it, it's a very effective, more local and Instagram is so broad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would say New York, New York help, helped, help me realize like, I need to be doing this every day. I need to start sharing. I didn't fully understand how to go about doing it effectively other than the way I was. Like, I didn't understand the use of the hashtags. So um, it just has been increasing over time. Um and then when I when I had the gallery when I was showing other people's work, I think that must have been a really solid marker for when I said, okay, I, I have to I have to do this. And and I think because I saw my other artist friends doing it and I realized like, oh, it's not just like a like just the glittery thing distracting us, you know. Mm-hmm. And I consider this now for TikTok. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I really missing it with TikTok? <sighs> am I being too lazy? Um, am I going to regret this? Cause I have, I have other friends who had great success on TikTok and I'm like this, it's a whole other world. Is this where, is this, should I also be paying attention? Um, and that's kind of those same thoughts were what I was thinking back then about Instagram, but now, you know, I'm making closer connections. I mean, you know, the dots are getting closer and I'm like, Oh, all right. New technology. That's like the buggy and the whip evolved into the model <laughs> T, right? It's like, am I, am I hanging onto the buggy and the whip or, or what? Um, anyway, so I would say it began in 2015. I don't know how consistent I was, but in this last year, I have realized like, I have to do this every day. I really need to um, make an effort because I do live remotely, really, you know, how else am I going to? To get my work out there. Um, how else can I make a living? Because I am solely relying on this as my my full time living, and how how can I do that? And so, I would say in the last year I've been really focused on that. The Noisy Plume. I don't know if you follow her, Jillian mm-hmm. Lukowski. She is a wonderful storyteller. I could only aspire to have such a beautiful voice as hers, um, and. I have an art buddy, Jeff Weir, and who has grown exponentially since I first knew him, you know, as far as like volume of followers, but how they storytell. And I'm trying to decide like what, what works best for me? Like, how do I present that? How much do I share? Clearly I'm very chatty, but how can I, um, how can I convey that in a post where people are like, "What? What is she saying? Like, what is what is all this information she's giving?" So I'm I'm figuring that out. Um, and in the last, this is more than what you're asking for, but it's kind of it's all connected. Um, in the last several months, I've gotten to work with um, Faso, you know, the fine art studio uh-huh. online. I've been working with somebody from there. I I have their website. I haven't switched everything over yet because I just haven't had time, but they have helped me and encouraged me, um, to say, Koala, you need to do these reels and, you know, and given me points of consideration. And so in the last couple of months, it has really, I've been thinking about Instagram differently because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still trying to figure it out and what to connect Um, what to share and how to, how to build it up and not just do like a one, a one-off post, but like how to build it and connect it, Mm -hmm. which will help me better, um, more effectively uh, tell, tell the story I'm trying to tell.
0: What do you think have been your biggest struggles with growing Instagram?
1: Being consistent is one, you know, like we just got back from this event and it, I was so overwhelmed and I had all these thoughts going on like three things I wanted to say at once. And you can see through our conversation, how, how I'm inclined for that. Figuring out what to say is a big struggle, like figuring out what to present and not just like, right. Just learning how to be a sto- a visual storyteller really is, is a big struggle. Um, I'm learning how to take better photos. That's really important to have really good images I do think that platform responds to that. I think the audience responds to that. Um, that has been a big struggle, but like in this last week, I haven't made one post and there was so much I could share, but because there was so much I could share, I couldn't pick what to share. So I just kind of shut down. And I would say that's my, that's my own personal struggle. Um, I have noticed as my work has gotten better and I'm learning how to, to take better photos of my work, then my following, um, my following is, is increasing and it has quite a bit just since last fall, you know, not at the rate that I would like, but I do understand that being consistent is so important because then it shows people like you're true to what you say, you know, mm-hmm. one thing that I have noticed, and I was told this by the person I'm working with at FASO, they said, koala, pick, pick a time and post every, no, no matter what is happening in your life. So I failed this week I'm like, ah, whatever, um, no matter what is happening post at the same time every day and then take a day off and then pick a different time and post every single time on the same day, uh, on, uh, every single time that day uh, for the week for six days, and then take a day off and change it. And I notice when I take a break and then I come back on just the one day break, the engagement does increase. Hmm. But um what were the other things? It's like what you put in your caption really does matter because there's like this search engine thing, like Google, like when you mm-hmm. the SEO, when you Google something, it pops up. And so that matters. So I've been thinking, well, if I want people to read this post. And this is something I knew, but it's like, I was reminded of it. I'm like, well, of course that makes sense, you know? So my approach once I resume and I was starting it right before was like, I'm going to say the two words, like the title of the piece and then say whatever I want to say and then follow up at the end. Um, I'll do that. And I notice, like people are like, oh, this is what it's going to be about. It's like the headline on an article, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you read the article because of the headline. You're like, well, what does that say? Like, what is this image connected to these words? What, what are they trying to tell me?
0: So you're saying and you they- create a title for the caption or you're sharing the title of the work?
1: Um, if I'm sharing a whole painting, I'm sharing the title of the work. If I have something to say, then I'm just putting those words on there there's this account I follow called abstract conformity. And I like that approach. It'll be like this in capital letters, these bold, like two, it it might say community. You're like, Oh, and you know, he's a writer and you know, and, and he's like a ship captain, you know, for like in anyway, I don't need to talk about this person. I don't know them very well, but I do appreciate following their account. And that's pretty much how I've been. I've been trying to teach myself. I'm like, well, this person is effective. I like this approach. Um, I'm going to see if that makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what I've been trying out. And now I just have to really just make some decisions and and decide that I do notice on the reels that it loves a vertical format. Reels like to be on the vertical. They don't like the horizontal. Um, The time of day does seem to matter. And seven, like Just doing like a six or seven second loop um, matters. But I also care about the quality of the followers. You know, like I like to get to know people. So I message people. I think we've met, you know, we message Uh and we're like, hey, what's happening? You know, I like that. Um, I like that they get to know me. So I'm trying to decide like, well, what kind of reels? I can give informative reels and then maybe I'll do something kind of quirky, but.
0: Um, it, do you have, so like, what is your current approach? Are you, you're trying the same time every day for six days and then taking a break and then coming back? Is that what you're doing right now? Well, I have not figured out how to pick back up. Like I
1: skipped a day and then I just kept skipping days. I'm like, well, shoot, I don't know. But when my brain has cleared, we hit the ground running like Monday morning, we got home late Sunday night. And it was, we left Wednesday, got home late Sunday night from this event, hit the ground running Monday. Um, Like yesterday I got to do a painting demo. Um, I think like like even leading up to leaving, I did an art delivery. So I'm just like, I, I don't, I do get in my head about how I, what I share and the order of which I share. So I'm not feeling confident, like, well, I'm going to share this painting and then I'm going to go back and share this. I feel like I've got to be kind of linear. I don't know if that's true, but that is my approach. Yeah. Um, I try to share in real time. That's not always possible. So I don't want to, my next post I need to make needs to be directed at the show because I did get to meet some wonderful people. I don't want to gloss over it and just like be like, Oh yeah. And this happened and then keep moving on. Um, I would like to give it some attention. And so I have to sit down and sort photos and edit them, and string them together, and, and then cobble a few sentences together.
0: Are you taking photos on your phone, or on a camera, or both?
1: On my phone, I would say this, this guy right here has been a, like, a big life changer for me, so I highly recommend do not delay in upgrading your phone um, <laughs> when you can. It is an important investment in your studio, is and studio, I Is it the new iPhone? It is whatever, whatever phone, like you need efficient tools. But before that I was using a camera and it was a major hardship to transfer the images from the camera to my antiquated iPad and then figure it all out and then share Mm -hmm. it. So I still have some upgrading to do.
0: Yeah. Do you use any scheduling apps so you can pre-schedule your posts?
1: No, I do draft a lot and I make notes. So one thing that I have found very effective, I spend time writing. Um, I try to always write before I step to the easel. Like I pray and meditate and think and write and read before I get to the easel and those things inform a lot of my posts. And so I'll take from that. And then I sit with it. I used to always think, Oh, I've got to hurry up and do this and just get it out. And sometimes that's important because it's authentic and. That's just naturally a great way to go. But I found myself in doing that, that I would go back and edit my posts and I still do it no matter how much thought I'm like, oh gosh, I've got to edit that. I've got to edit this, but I'm doing it less because I'm, I'm working on it for days at a time. You know, I just blurb it out and then I, I come back to it.
0: So I've got a suggestion for you that might help with whenever you're having a trouble with consistency later is a scheduling app. Um, and there's a free version, the free version, you can only do, I think it's eight posts a month, um, Mm -hmm. scheduled them. It has some limits, but honestly, I think it's totally worth paying the subscription. And so you could go in and I used to be the same. I was like, I have to post it in the moment. Like it's gotta be authentic what I'm doing. And now I don't do that very often just because it, it, what happens is you Ha, end up having a really hard time balancing the art making and the that side of things with the social media marketing side of things. And then if ever you're on vacation, there's a lull in what you're doing, or if you're at an event and you don't have time because you're making all these connections and then it's just kind of like, wah, wah, you know, and so say for this last week that you missed, if you had some more images and they could, you still could try to keep them pretty chronological, or you could consider posting everything like a week late, essentially. And so like, say whatever you did um, the previous week, you went into later and you pre-scheduled those that they would go out every day while you were at the event. And then also if you have time, you could still be posting, but that way, you know, at least X number of posts are going out. And I personally have a hard time organizing my thoughts on my phone like i can put put in notes but i i really have a hard time like just going into the instagram app and like typing out a caption like i usually will send myself an email but with later you can go in and you're going to be able to type all of that out you can do your hashtags all that stuff okay so, yeah later okay yeah a lot of times artists are like we do have that feeling of, I have to post it while I'm doing it, or it's not, I'm not being authentic. And I think there's a level of authenticity expectation on artists that is higher than in any other realm, any other career. And so I don't think like posting things later makes things less authentic, you know, like you can still be totally authentic in your post, but it's kind of like artists are expected to only do post the things that they're doing right then. And also never to try to sell anything. I feel like that's the two things that people kind of push on artists a lot of times, which will make you not a successful artist. I think if you can't sell something, you know, that's part of your business, but yeah, to take it. So taking it, the Instagram and putting it more in that business bucket, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of the art, the creative bucket. And I think it kind of helps to, to approach it from a different way. So, but there's a variety of ways that can work, but worth looking into. I, I will do that. I will do that. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. So your reels, I know you've talked about them a little bit, but they are also really good. And I'm guessing your new phone is part of the, the good uh, video quality, but what about the audio? Your audio sounds really good too.
1: Thank you. Um, The audio mostly comes from the option on the phone. Oh, you know, cool. every now and then I'll, I'll share what I'm listening to in the studio if I think it's interesting enough. Um, but as you can hear, like these trucks are going by and things like that. So I think, oh, boy, people are going to be like, what in the world? Um, and lately, I don't know, lately, I guess maybe once or twice I've recorded my own voice on there, like things that I've been thinking about. And I think one time people responded really positively to it. And then another time, not so much. So I don't know if that was because it wasn't getting shared or shown,
0: or maybe they just weren't that interested in whatever I was saying. Mm-hmm. So do you plan out? So like on the ones that you spoke for the reels, did you plan out what you were going to say? Did you like write it out or anything? Um, the one thing that I said.
1: I did you hear the one where I was talking about perfection, like perfect over magic?
0: I think like, that's the one I heard. Yeah.
1: And it's true. This, this word perfect has been in my life my whole life. And it just makes me really upset. I reject it. Um so I wrote like pages and pages about the word perfect. But on my way home, it occurred in my head and I voice recorded it um, and it was the perfect length of time. And it wasn't even fully connected to anything I wrote. It just came out naturally right before I was walking in, through the door in one block. It was like, boom, there it is. And it's like, perfect this is where I go to die a thousand deaths. The magic, all the magic. That's where I, I sing to the heavens and praise, and it's true. Like, have you ever, like, when you're painting, it's true. Like, when you're painting and you're striving for perfect because you're trying to be accurate, because you're trying to be like whatever you're trying to be, or myself when I'm trying to be perfect and make it perfect, I'm getting madder and I'm and I then I feel bad about myself and it's like this whole like wait, are you telling yourself, oh, I'm not good enough? Perfect is I'm not good enough. Perfect is all of these things. I have really negative feelings about the word perfect, even though I still say it like, oh, it's perfect because like if somebody, like if somebody were to give me a gift and I loved it, I'd be like, this is so perfect. This is so great. And I genuinely mean it. But like when I'm trying to create something perfect, that is impossible. So some of it, yes. I wrote pages and pages about the idea of perfect versus magic. And I have snippets, pages and pages. And I'm like, should I say this? You know, like I want magic in my marks, you know? Can I be brave enough to only say that and make a post? Will people, because statements are objective. To use certain adjectives is very objective. Like I might think something's beautiful, but does somebody else? So then I'm telling myself like, well, is it really beautiful? Is it really magic? so like I'm learning to be braver on Instagram. I, there's so much I could say in even in only three words, but then I don't because I'm like, Oh, that's, that's so cocky. That's so bold <laughs> or arrogant. <laughs> so I, to me, I think that might be my biggest struggle <laughs> yeah. that I do. I try not to care
0: what other people think,
1: but I can't help it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you know, I feel like maybe you'll get there. Maybe it's just around the corner. I think doing it, you you gain the confidence. And when I really knew I finally had developed my style was somebody like criticized something I had done. And it was kind of a harsh comment that I didn't even agree with in to begin with. But, and this person was like a very, like did very realistic artwork and it didn't hurt my feelings at all. I was like, okay, I disagree with that. <laughs> And like, and and not to say that we shouldn't learn from people because, um, you know, people can give us good feedback and we can make changes to it. But whenever we can see what speaks to our soul and like be confident that that speaks to us. And, that, and also acknowledge that we can never create a work of art that's going to speak to everyone. It's totally impossible. And so we're not trying to please those people. We're not trying to please everyone. We're not trying to relate to the people who are not going to relate to our work because they're not our people. And that's okay. They're somebody else's people and they're going to relate to that work. And, and that's a beautiful thing, you know?
1: <laughs> it's true. Like just building the people that you love and they love. Um,
0: one thing I was going to say too, so TikTok. So you're not on TikTok yet?
1: I've tried it and
0: um, I've tried it. Yeah. TikTok, I think I really have a hard time with video. Like I'm just now finally getting to where I can like post a video and I need to learn how to do it more. It's something that I, it's just, I feel like, you know, all of us visual artists, we got, we are like, this is our platform and we just get to post pictures and everything's great. And now it's not that anymore. And artists are already wearing so many hats, you know, we're already doing all of the things. Um, and so video can be really intimidating. That being said, I don't think TikTok's going anywhere. And I think it's wise to get on it and struggle through it and figure it out now. Um, when you have Instagram making changes based on what TikTok is doing, like that's a pretty big indication that they're and TikTok actually for the first time, maybe I can't remember if it was ever or in like a certain number of years, which was many had more, um, more, was it more clicks I think than Google. Um, and so they like TikTok, I would say if you're putting it off, so I'm saying this to you, but also to anybody listening, if you're putting it off, like it's time to start trying to dive in, like really. And I'm speaking to myself on this, the time was a long time ago, (laughs) but but you know, those of us who have been waiting around, uh, I think we just need to, get in and do it and i'll say to like just don't get discouraged like i have i had one video on there that started getting like tons of views like right away and i was like oh i figured out how to do this and i had figured out an editing thing and i was so excited and i was like it's way more fun when you're getting engagement and then like nothing like that again and it that one didn't even get huge it just was getting a lot of traction right at the beginning um but i put i have a reel on my art page on Instagram that has over 10,000 views. And on TikTok, it has like 20, like just 20, not 20,000, just two zero. And so, you know, like disheartening, you're like, what is this? It I is, know that this is good. Yeah, it is. So I think like, it's a good thing to remember that it's not a, it's not a indication of your value as a human being or an artist and that algorithms are weird and who knows how they, pick things exactly you know but I do think if we're ignoring it I think we're going to be really regretting ignoring it down the road so um also while we're talking about that you can use the same videos on Instagram and TikTok but make sure that you're not downloading them with the watermark on and then posting them to the other one because they will suppress it cool anything else you want to share with us I don't I don't think so
1: but I loved talking to you. I think we should talk again. We like should. down the yeah. road. I guess one thing I would like to say and encourage people is if you're thinking about it, what are you doing about that? Don't delay, do it, practice it every day. Like you, you start by doing it. You have to show up and do the work. And, um, I think it's really important that you don't, tell yourself all the excuses um, and I'd like to share some books that I think are important. Oh yeah. So one book that I listen to every year and I recommend this for every, every artist. So um, just because this is what I'm reading, this is what I'm thinking about and these are the things that have really spoken to me and so I th- and I think they're worthwhile. So The Alchemist is a wonderful book. Um, it's pretty short. I learned something new every time I listen to it. I, I mostly do audiobooks um in the studio because I don't have time to read, except for like little things, certain specific things I read before I, I step to the easel. but um, The Alchemist, The Artist's Way is a really great book. Um, I'm very slow making my way through that. I, I pick it up and put it down off and on throughout all the years um, and I haven't quite finished it yet, but there's always really important information very important suggestions, especially in the way that you look at yourself and the way that you look at your work or the work that you would like to get done. Um, it's helpful and the war of art. And those three are really great books. And that's for the person who needs the encouragement, who needs the nudge, who needs like the kick in the booty, you know, Mm -hmm. just like get going. Don't like the longer you take, the longer it takes.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the artist way I have that book and I have not even like read, I've cracked it open, but I haven't read through it. And I got it because I went to an estate sale of my artist friend who her artist mother had passed away. And she had all these books And I had, you could get, she had invited friends to come and take two books for free. And I had two books in my hands and I was ready to, you know, go and, you know, check out my stuff that I had. And I looked over and I saw that book and it's not even that eye-catching and I don't know why, but something like caught my eye about it. And I was like, I have to put one of these books back and get this. And so I have it. And it's so funny because this last, within the last probably six to eight months, like that book keeps coming up in like things that I've seen. And then now you mention it. The most powerful thing that I have gotten from it
1: is one, there's beautiful quotes and there's beautiful things is they, she has this thing called the morning pages and where you do this, like you write as soon as you get up and you just like dump all the stuff out of your brain. That's, that's the most valuable thing I've gotten from that book, but the ideas behind it, the ideas, like it makes you self-evaluate, like what are our tendencies? What do we do? What do we do to self-sabotage? Like, you know, like the, there's a common thing that, a lot of artists carry with them is this starving artist mentality. Mm-hmm. Throw that crap out the window. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that because I have believed it. And that's why I started a massage business because I didn't think I could. And maybe I couldn't, it wasn't time for me, but it's time for me now. And I do know that every time you show up and every time you show somebody, you're consistent. And every time you do the work and you share about it and you talk about it, People respond to it. And when they see you putting in the effort, they can't help but want to support you. People know the value of art. I've seen people make their careers in the worst of times and soar. It doesn't really matter if you're this or if you're that. Just you do the work. People will respond. That's what, how I feel about it. Yeah, My buddy Jeff Weir, he went full-time before the pandemic and go look at his following. He is incredible. You know, he's incredible. Like he knows how to articulate and tell a story. And, you know, he loves his family and he makes this great work. You know, he was pouring concrete before he went full-time, you know, he was a logger. He was all of these things. He's like, I want to be an artist. I'm going to figure this out. And he's like, well, I'm going to go, you know, we used to talk a lot and like share book ideas and all these things. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to go full-time. I was like, oh, and I heard myself like, gasp because he has two small children. And, um, and I thought, don't do that to him. Do not impose your fear on somebody else. And I have watched him soar and he is still soaring and it is incredible to watch, you know, I love it. And then I think the other thing that I'd like to say, the other things that I realized are important with having uh the business of art is having other people who not just love you and your work but who are also business minded because this is a business. Um and it's important to recognize it is that you know like I was talking earlier about you know waiting to be inspired. Well you know I think isn't I don't I'm not gonna say the quote because I can't remember but it's like you will get inspired. You have to show up and you just have to show up and then you have to start doing it. And then, and then it's going to happen. But there's a couple things that I do that I think are really important for people is one, have a person that you can talk to. Like you need to be listening to business books or reading business books. It's very important, but you've got to have one person, at least that you can have a phone call with every week. And I've been doing this for the last year and it has been incredible. It's been very powerful one business call. And this person is not in the same field as me. And we share our our failures and our successes. And it helps keep us moving forward because we check in. And of course we have wonderful conversation and it's limited to an hour, believe it or not with all this chattiness, but, um, it is limited to an hour, do some sort of exercise because it makes your brain work, you know, and, um, and write. Those things, I think, are, are really powerful.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode with artist Koala Evans helpful and inspiring. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter at our website, calgirlartistsofamerica.org, to stay up to date with current events and exciting news soon to come.